Welcome to this episode of It's Not That Deep and this time we're talking about why it is we agreed to do things that we know we'll regret. Mm. And this um, this really resonates with me uh, because I have I spent a lot of my life agreeing to do things um, that I don't want to do or that I know I'll regret agreeing to. Um, Similar kind of things or a whole kind of array of different All types sorts of things. Of things. Mm. But, but, I, but I think... I, I think the underlying pattern is about a fear of not being liked. Mm. So it's about, I guess, the way it shows up is in all sorts of making myself indispensable, kind, helpful, friendly, mm. taking on things that other people don't want to do, so agreeing no. agreeing to, to go to places I'd rather not go to, but someone else, you know, mm. everyone else does want to do, so that... We get viewed as a nice person. Yeah, so they'll like me. Yeah, a likeable person. Yeah. Yeah, that must be a really big driver for, for lots of people, you mm. know. But it often we're doing it, we regret it because it's not good for us. You know, we've over-programmed. You know, why do we have the regret, I think, is quite a, an interesting exploration. It's not because we're actually mean people and we didn't want to be helpful, but it, it probably because it goes against the grain of... of our well-being we over-program we take on too much it becomes overwhelming with all the other billion things we have to do in our lives yeah and then because we don't we also then don't feel prioritized or seen or heard right so just a simple very basic example is 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 with a group of friends you know everybody wants to go for a chinese meal i'm not that keen on chinese i'd rather go for something else but i'm never going to say that well this is my previous experiences not going to say that because I don't want to upset people Mm. and then have a sense always throughout the meal of being disappointed not getting what I want missing out absolutely but of course how would anyone know (laughs) that they're not mind readers and I've not and I've not I've not made it clear yeah that's really interesting as well that we've not expressed it so that can then lead us to feeling really unhappy or, yeah. or disappointed in a situation. And yet, no, everyone thinks everything's fine. I haven't even clocked. They've, because... no, they've no idea I've not got yeah. what I want. Yeah, <laughs> because we didn't say anything. Yeah. God, it all comes back to self-care, doesn't it? It all comes back to this idea of, you know, what it means to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, it, so there is that whole wanting to be liked thing. Um, what will people say if we say no? Um, you know, that approval. But there is also something in kind of wanting to to be important, like mm-hmm. a status type thing in there as well, isn't there? That we say yes because it will elevate us in some way. or And then sometimes that becomes maybe fearful or we've taken on too much. Yes, yeah. Um, and, and maybe, you know... It, to get to a place that is beyond where we want to be, you know. I, it, I'm working with a couple of clients at the moment who are really struggling with the idea that actually they don't want to go for promotion. They feel they ought to, that that's something that, you know, that's expected of them and that, and that, and that the kudos would be nice. It would be nice to be the person making the decisions. But actually, they're really happy in a position of some responsibility and still a level of hands-onness mm. rather than a being more sort of strategic. strategic. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it also strikes me, actually, you know, when you 
for, from business owners, when you've, there's a couple of sort of biz, self-employed type things that have come up in thinking about this subject. One of them is around when you have a client who has a particular need that perhaps we could try and deal with, but there's perhaps not a level of knowledge that's good enough. It should be really a referral. Um, and I can just imagine if I were to, to say yes to some of those, because, you know, quite honestly, that'll be in the coffers or something, you know, it'd be about money. If I were to, I'd immediately regret it because I would feel like a failure, a fraud. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know, we have to be really ethical in these things. It's not about numbers and bums on seats. We need to be working with people that are in the right position to be working with what we're qualified to do. And sometimes, um, particularly as mindfulness teachers, it's a therapist they need, not a mindfulness teacher. I might come later, but you'd be first, you know? Yeah. Or if people were at a stage in their life where just meditation wouldn't be appropriate, I could say, yeah, 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 come on. Yeah, let's do it. But I know I'd regret it because it wouldn't be helpful for them and if I'm not helping someone, you know. So this, looking at our reasoning for it can also be quite interesting, can't it? Yes, yeah, I think it can be. But going back to the self-care thing as a, as a self-employed person, it's about fitting in all of the people when they want to be fitted in rather than having a balance of what's okay for my diary in order for me to eat lunch and have a life with my family at some point and things like that. Yes, yeah, setting those boundaries and then being really contained with them, really really sticking to them, I think is, is, is really important. And you're right that, that, that there is a tension always between some self-care and, oh, excellent, another client, and that, you know, that makes me feel financially just a little bit more secure. Or oh, the fear of if they say no because yes. you couldn't fit them in at lunchtime on a Friday. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. How you, how we, how we manage that? You know that that these are these are my only available slots, and do they work? You know, so there's that 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 sense of of offering sharing, um, but that actually, if they want an evening and all my evenings are full, then. I'm not the person for them. Not the person for them right now. Oh, yeah, we have to really like let that go, don't yeah. we? And that can be yeah. quite challenging. Absolutely. But I think that that boundaries stuff is what's needed in all these other aspects of saying yes to things. Um, and we're not as good at doing that, perhaps, when it's our friends or someone that, you know, I don't know, someone we volunteer with or something where we feel, oh, but who else would do it? And... Mm. What might happen to them if I don't say yes, even if it's a detriment to those things that are important to us in life? So, no, how do we find that balance? How do we do it? And it's really hard, isn't it? Because often this is—it's never a new thing, right? This is a pattern that we are in and that we have that we've been practicing for years. So, in lots of ways, we've kind of trained the people around us to expect that level of. They don't know that we're struggling necessarily, and they don't know that 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 we're feeling like we need to pull back. So all of a sudden we start to do that, and there is that sense of now I'm definitely going to disappoint them because you've always I've, been the reliable I, one. Yeah, and and now you know am I, I that now I'm being unreliable and having to sort of really work at reframing that to be no I'm, 
I need to take care of myself as well so that I can do some of these things. Yeah. Because if I'm if I'm going if I'm going to collapse in a soggy heap, then I'm not going to, be able to do any of them, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, we've got to to work out what our priorities are and what is possible within that. Um, knowing when we kind of overload, mm. because we know the the knock on effects that happen as a result of saying yes to too many things, or or even, like you said, going out to something we didn't really want to for someone else's sake. Okay, we might have to suck that up occasionally. But if we're doing that regularly, as you say, if it becomes a pattern, then we're just kind of letting ourselves down, aren't we? We're kind of not doing the best by ourselves. Yeah. And if we're depleted, then we're no use to anyone. And we'll burn out, and all the things we've often talked about are getting unwell, and it will present itself in some other way. And as we've said in a in a previous podcast, this isn't about prioritizing ourselves over other people, but sort of widening that beam of care to include ourselves and to trust that the people we've surrounded ourselves with aren't suddenly going to go off us because we can't do absolutely everything that they might quite like. Yeah. I mean, it's again that if it was someone else saying that to you, would you be as judgmental as you're imagining they might be? Um, you know, and exploring that sense of can I trust that this person is going to be understanding? And I would say in the majority of cases they would be. I mean, sometimes perhaps not, but oh well, you know, did we want to associate with or, or work for people that really you know aren't understanding and of course we're talking about the stuff outside of work yeah. because when it's a job and we work for other people we have to do what we're told don't we we don't get that choice so it becomes even more important to be able to have our own boundaries when it's our life outside of the job that we do isn't it yes yeah I, yeah it's so important and I think one of the things that that I find with clients that we quite often do is sort of trace these things back and see where the patterns came from in the in the first place and often it comes back to childhood experiences right so in order to feel safe um we develop patterns of behavior like people pleasing exactly exactly so and they are helpful when we're a child um, so they, you know, they're, they're protective. Mm-hmm. The trouble is that these patterns then become ingrained, yeah. and we don't notice them anymore. And as we grow grow up and become adults, then then they don't serve us well, and 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 become become much more destructive. Mm. Yeah. So it becomes once again about sort of noticing that is saying yes to this thing, actually causing me unhappiness or discomfort you know is it making me sad is it making me overwhelmed is it making me feel a way I don't want to feel in order to enjoy my life yeah and and if I'm brave and say no realistically what's going to happen so not what's the worst that could happen because we can we can easily catastrophize yeah, about we could disappear right down a rabbit hole with that one couldn't yeah. we but but what what's what's likely to happen somebody might be disappointed well do they get to go through life never being disappointed mm. are we you know yeah and and it, it's like is their disappointment worth our 
kind of burnout exactly. and overwhelm. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's a really interesting kind of question to ask ourselves, isn't it? There'll be some disappointment. Can can, can we, we allow that? can we tolerate it and can we allow that to them to resolve that for themselves? Yes. Because it's their reaction. Yeah, absolutely. That's their thing and not ours. And you know, that's such a it's such a hard thing I think to learn to do. You know, we, particularly if we're a people pleaser that that we feel responsible for other people's reactions to things but they are their responses and and that's for them to deal with you know that's their stuff yeah. not ours and and that's for some people certainly for me when you know 20 odd years ago that was such a radical change such a radical thing to 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 think that that I might not be responsible for everyone else's happiness and ease of life. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that I've nailed that one completely. No. Like I still, there's times when if someone else is unhappy, uh, even if it's not my fault, I somehow seem to think, oh, perhaps it was something I did or said, or, you know, there's a tendency to, mm. to go down that familiar pattern where, you know, and actually, and I was saying this to someone else, it's not all about us, you know, it's, it's like, you know, somehow we're the, if we're always thinking that we're so important and instrumental in everything, and actually, we're responsible for our bit of it, Yeah. and that, it's quite liberating to say, well, you're responsible for managing your own disappointment in relation to what I need to do. You know, and this isn't us just being selfish or mean when we make these boundaries or put these boundaries in place. This is us saying, this is all I have capacity for. Um, because beyond this, I will be unhappy or unwell or overwhelmed. Um, and when you look at it like that, it's like, oh, OK, that's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't seem unreasonable. No. You know, this is not me just saying, nah, I can't be bothered. This is me saying I, I, I'm unable to do it. Because if doing this, entering into this, would mean something much more detrimental to my well-being. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and it's I, you know, self-compassion. It, yeah. It, it's 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 massively powerful. And as you say, you know, we still it's a it's a very familiar pattern. So it's something we fall into all the time. I think what I'm I'm much better at these days is recognizing when I'm doing that, and then. And then being able to say, is this a story I'm telling myself? Yeah. Is this actually my responsibility? You know, and and, and what it's, uh, and what and what you know, what actually am I? Am I that powerful? Yeah. yeah. On, on the one on the <laughs> one hand, you know, it's a really it, it's it's a real cognitive dissonance that for me. You know, on the one hand, I. I I clearly believe I must be all powerful because everyone else's happiness is is entirely dependent <laughs> yes. on me. And on the other, you know, I'm not worth the care of 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 allowing my needs to to, to be anywhere to, to be near anywhere. important. Yeah. 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 You know, and how how am I how am I holding both of those? Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And I think that if we can kind of get a sense of the way we're viewing the situation, we're kind of trying to mind read and predict what other people's reactions might be and of course we might be right but we might also be surprised that it the reaction we get is not one we were expecting that could go either way yeah, you know, yeah. that could go either way but I think 
the lens through which we're viewing it. That's what we have to shift, isn't it? This yes. reframing, this perspective on on it. Of and, and what we talked about just now, this kind of different way of viewing it, not as I'm letting you down, but I need to do this for me or I let myself down. Yeah. And that could have detrimental effects. Yeah. You know, and just recognising the way that we're viewing that I think can be very helpful. Yeah, and also stepping away from the idea that it's all or nothing. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, this is my my big thing is that is that these aren't these aren't two the only two possibilities, but rather they are two ends of a continuum. And some, if we have a conversation with with people, you know, somewhere in the middle is something that that might suit all of us. Yeah. So there might be possibility, like with the example I gave about if a client wanted to see me on a Monday, a Friday lunchtime, I could say I can't do Friday lunchtime, but I can do Monday at four, you know, Wednesday at ten, and and it might be that there is another possibility. But of course, there might not be. Yeah. Uh, but but trying to find that not all or nothing thing, that grey area of, of, of possibility is obviously, yeah, the ideal to have some kind of compromise within it. Yeah. I wonder how many people out there listening, you know, are kind of resonating with all of the things that perhaps they've agreed to that they now regret doing. Um, and... Yeah, we were speaking earlier about that concept of sort of regretting it mm. as a quite a good learning. Yeah, I think it can it can be helpful. It, uh, you know, if 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 we can learn from the behaviour, if we can think about actually what what am I regretful about? What what else might have might I have done? You know that 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 can help us to to put in place the boundaries and to think about our self care and to take ourselves into account along with everyone else in in a situation i think that's really powerful mm. you know yeah yeah oh, there's so there's so much in that sense of reflection and being able to look back at how things are but again as we spoke about in another podcast not with a kind of shoulda coulda woulda stick but uh okay on that occasion i didn't i wasn't sort of firm enough with my boundaries i didn't set my expectations mm. or allow other people to recognise where the limitations were to those expectations and how might I bring that in next time. Yeah, and I think it also helps us to, to realise, oh, I would like a boundary there. I hadn't realised, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm, feeling, I'm really regretting agreeing to all of that. And so what's that about, you know? it it can it can really help to define what our values are and where we want to position ourselves and how we want to be in relation to yeah. the people we are we surround ourselves with i think yeah it's like a personal contract yeah. isn't it it's an, an agreement with yourself that these are the things that are okay these are the things that are possible sometimes we might not know until we come across them or we've said yes and then later realize ah this won't happen again um but actually being able to say to ourselves, you know, I, I, I won't take on, you know, more than two evening clients a week because I need to have at least three evenings to spend with family or something. You know, in a work situation, we might do that more easily than we would with our own social life or when we're trying to be helpful. And, uh, and when push comes to shove it often does come down to the stuff we're doing out of the goodness of our heart yeah. versus the stuff that 
we have to do to pay the bills kind of thing doesn't it there yeah. is a difference i think there is i think there is and i think i think you know sometimes we, we see an opportunity to be helpful and something that we can kind of quite easily do so we volunteer and before we know it that that's escalated into some sort of fairly major project that we hadn't really or or a or a much longer term commitment than we than we'd we'd imagined you know and and then it's really hard to pull back yeah suddenly that <laughs> feeling of wanting to backpedal yeah. and and, yeah. and why didn't i get more clear on what it was that i was okay with yeah yeah, because often we don't know. We don't know what we what we feel we're going to be okay with until we're in it. <laughs> until we're beyond it, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. And I, I think you know, for, for, from a takeaway point of view, from a people listening now thinking, "Well, gosh, I, I I've agreed to do this thing," or "I feel bad about saying no to this thing I've been doing for years." How do I now say I don't have the capacity to do that anymore and that be okay? You know, is there any advice you could kind of give about trying to sort of support people in in recognising that something is no longer really tenable? I think there is something about being really clear about why it's not going to work for you. So feeling that there isn't time, you you know, that... that, that uh, it, it's detrimental, it's to, detrimental health to your health or whatever it is so, so kind of pinpointing that and then being really honest about it and that feels massively scary right it feels really scary to say to somebody well, I'm really sorry but I'm not able to do that I don't have capacity for whatever reason you know I think the, ex- the expectation is that, that all will be lost if we do that but I think we have to we owe it to ourselves to to try it um, and and see how it goes because most often people are going to go, yeah, fair enough. They are. And I think also we've all probably done it once or twice in our lives where it's been hugely liberating to have actually kind of just said, no, I can't. And felt that freedom, that weight lifted off, off something that was... A, a kind of looming um, sword of Damocles kind of hanging over us to, to, to be past that, to be free from that, actually brings much more ease back. Because I bet we spend loads of time worrying about it, thinking about the fact that it's overwhelming. It's not just the doing it and the getting on with it, but there's the regret and the procrastination around it yeah. that also comes with it. It can really interfere, can't it? It really can. And the better we get at setting our boundaries and knowing where they are, the easier it is to refuse in the first place. Mm. And actually, we don't need to give great big explanations at that point. You know, just say, no, I'm sorry, I'm, no, I'm not able to do that. Yeah. And people go, OK. And, and most people do yeah. go, OK, because you've set your stall out and this yeah. is how it is and that's OK. Yeah. And actually, perversely, that's much easier than the agreeing to do it and then and then needing to backtrack. God, definitely. Yeah. Cool, yeah. I think that's really helpful. Yeah. Thanks, Adrienne. Thank you. You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Adrienne Kirk and Lucy Woods. If you've enjoyed listening, then why not subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes? (laughs) 